to another episode of That'll Teach, if you let it. This is actually episode three, so if you tuned in to our last um, recording, you heard the Who Are We episode, where we talked about ourselves for over an hour. I'm sure you enjoyed that. Um, good it's times. probably the most listened to, don't you think? <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's, that's the one that people are going to go back and listen to over and over yeah, again. Just to make fun of us, probably. Exactly. But it, it, it was necessary, I feel like. So we actually have some relevant content in this episode. For once. <laughs> for once. We're not going to be as serious as no. we were in the self-care by the way, if you're listening and you're a teacher at Dakesville Elementary, we really appreciate you poking fun at us yeah. ever since we did self-care, <laughs> because we know that's a buzzword this year, right? But everybody has made sure we have seen the memes yes. and that we we know that we are preaching something that uh, frustrates people, I guess, they to hear it, right? They were more than willing to share their memes with us. That's right. And if you're tuning in um, and you've listened to the previous episodes, that cool new intro music, yeah. that jam... I'm kind of feeling that jam. Mm, it's a good one. Uh, that is compliments of Sarah Strutton and her music talent. Yeah, it um, wasn't as hard as you think it was. Well, don't tell people <laughs> that. They won't know, right? So right. hopefully you enjoyed that little intro. got you in the beat, in the mm-hmm. mood. Uh, if you've had a down day and you're listening to it in your car driving home, maybe that kind of perked you up a little bit. Yeah, So because we have so many listeners. We do. All four of you should be bobbing your head when this we thing had- comes on. Five downloads. Five downloads. Total. But one person probably downloaded it four times. And then we might, I might have downloaded it. (laughs) So, but anyway, we are glad that you're joining us today. And uh, I want to tell everybody what the topic is today. Yeah. So today we're talking about things to stop doing. Things to stop doing. And what to do instead. So we're not going to tell anybody what to do today. We're just going to tell people what not to do. Yeah. Because everybody loves to be told what not to do, Right. Right. Love it. Especially so, Sarah. She loves to be told what not to do. It's my favorite thing. Because yeah. then if you tell me not to do it, guess what? I'm probably going to do it anyway. But not in this instance because half of these I am telling you to not do them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to kick it off? You want to start it off? Sure. So um, I guess I should do a disclaimer. Because some of these are going to be like, feel like we're stepping on your toes. Uh, let's just go ahead and put a trigger warning on these. Because some of these things that we might be telling you to stop doing, you might, you know, really enjoy doing, or it might be something that you do in your classroom. Half of them I've done in mine. Um, so don't, don't feel bad. It's right. not a, it's not a, you should feel terrible for doing this. Just kind of like, eh, maybe we should stop this and try something different instead. And a lot of these that we have down here, at least the ones that I'm going to talk about from, from my standpoint, it's not that I'm not guilty of doing these or that I've never done them before. Right. No, I can um, see them. I, I no, know. you can see them. So <laughs> this ought to be interesting. Just wait for the, the making fun of so uh, making fun of Travis here. This is what this is going to be. But yes. um, so I, I have done some of these things at times. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they should happen. And exactly. the other thing to go along with your disclaimer, if you are doing these, we're not saying that you're wrong or you're no. totally messed up. You can have different opinions than sure. ours. I mean, you'll be wrong, but you can have totally different <laughs> opinions from us. Your opinion is wrong, but you're allowed um, to have it. But just it's kidding. just something to think about, right? Well, that's our oh, yeah. that's our whole point of this these podcast episodes is just to give people different things to think about. So sure. Roll so, with um, it. Let's go, Sarah. My first one is going to be a, a big one, especially for my early childhood friends. So something to stop doing is colored clip charts for a behavior system. They're why terrible. Not? Why not? 
um, little clips with your name on it, yeah, move up and clips, down colors. And you're like, go move down a color. Like, do you know how like embarrassing that is? And for someone, like if I can relate it back to me as a child, like of course color clip charts were like the only behavior system in existence when I was in elementary school. And I didn't know anything about a color system except redbirds, bluebirds, and blackbirds. <laughs> so um, it definitely shows our age gap. Go right. ahead. So Proceed. For, for somebody like me who is... Like, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. Like, I wanted to be, like, good all the time. Like, I was always terrified of messing up. Like, constantly. Like, oh, my God. Like, if I go below green, like, I'm going to have to stand up in front of everybody and they're going to go see me move down to yellow and then everybody's going to make fun of me. And It was awful. So, like, coming from, you know, a kid who is generally well-behaved, like a a well-behaved student, hating clip charts like imagine how your friends who have like a hard time with behavior like imagine how they feel about color clip charts especially your friends who spend a lot of time on the bottom colors like orange and red yeah that's i mean it's it's not fun so i mean there are other there are better ways to do it and i'm this is coming from a place of love because i did color clip charts like i think my first three years Mm -hmm. before i was like (laughs) maybe this is more damaging than it is helpful right um so I I switched to more of like an economy system one year, and I feel like that worked out really well. Like mm-hmm. they um, they earned like play money at mm-hmm. the end of every day, and the deal was like if if you do your job, like if you show up to work and you do your job, you get paid. Yeah. Um, if you don't show up to work, like if they were tardy, then you don't earn that money that day. Well, you didn't come to work. Right. Um, but then like there were fines too for like misbehavior. Like mm-hmm. you had to pay like a quarter, whatever. Yeah. So that was a little more relevant, I feel like, because Absolutely. it was it was not just like, oh, I'm on orange. I have to walk 10 laps at recess. Because, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, the kids who spend a lot of time on those bottom colors, they're there they're most days. I mean, at that point, you have to ask yourself, like, is it really working? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the goal here with this color clip chart? Mm-hmm. Is it just for this kid to constantly live his life? coloring orange and red on his behavior chart at the end yeah. of the day? <laughs> yeah. Or do you want your children to actually learn from from right. their behaviors. Well, I think with whatever management system that you have in place, one thing that's very important that you kind of hit on there is that, um, you know, if we continue to do this for a nine weeks, two nine weeks, whatever, and the, the kid is still orange and red, like every single day, we have to ask the question, is it working? You know, mm-hmm. or if those kids who are uh, groups of kids or kids in our class that are not improving behaviors, then we, we have to realize that and try something different, mm-hmm. right? It just, a lot of these things that we're going to talk about are probably falling into that category of it just, does, if it's not working or it doesn't work, like why keep doing it? That's mm-hmm. just, and expecting things to improve or get better. That's the definition of what? Insanity. That's right. So. Wow. Um, that's right there. <laughs> that's right there. Just on cue. Yeah. Uh, excellent. So, so what do you got? Uh, I got first one. I have several, but this one, I know you can see the list, Mm -hmm. but they can't, right? Right. So I have more than one, but here's one. um, Engaging in power struggles. Mm. Oh, man. This this is back. This could be students and teachers, and it can also be personnel or teachers on Mm -hmm. on the staff. I've learned that in the administrative things. It's not just power struggles sometimes between students and teachers, but sometimes just personnel conflicts as well. So... Um, I see this a lot in, and it's partly sometimes generational in a way, like how we were raised of like, um, 
you know, mom and dad are always right. Don't do as I do, do as I say to do. Mm-hmm. You just obey no matter what kind of deal. Um, and so we try to win that struggle when the kid is like opposing what we're telling them and there's this like conflict going on there. We try to win that. So we mm-hmm. either talk louder, we raise our voice, mm-hmm. or we get more. Uh, our tone changes a whole lot or we start putting in these consequences like we're going to show you kind of deal. Um, And typically what we see a lot of that, a lot in those situations is that the escalation, you know, like the situation just gets worse Mm -hmm. uh, because they're, everybody's dug in their heels and it's just like, it just gets really, really bad. And so one of the best um, quotes I ever heard one time was you can win an argument, but lose the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we talk all the time about, long-term helping a student, whether it's improving his behavior or, you know, whether it's trying to work together better with a teammate on your grade level, you've got to have relationships. And so the best thing you can do is work on diffusing a situation. How do I de-escalate this child who's very adamant and upset right now and not trying to address things in the, in the, in the moment, like mm-hmm. when they're really upset, because because half the time they're not listening to a no. single word you're saying anyway. No, it's not helpful <laughs> at all. So don't engage in power struggles. Mm-hmm. Quit doing that. Quit doing that. Stop it right now. Stop it. <laughs> all right. So my um, next one is like um, round robin reading or round robin. The, it was called popcorn reading when I was in school, and man, yes. like we did it even into high school. We're like, really? Yes. High school? Yes. Awful. And again, I will relate it back to myself. I mean, y'all, if you listened to the last episode, you know I'm, I was and am a very anxious person. So, like, I'm, I wasn't even listening to what the person reading aloud was even reading because I'm like, okay, if I read next, I'm going to start here. Let me make sure I know all these words. Okay. Like, okay, I can read all of that. It's great. Great. And then I'm like, wait, did they say my name? Like, what, <laughs> what did they even read? Are we on this part anymore? And, um, yeah, no, that's not, that's not how it works. And and I've seen it done in small groups before. Like, okay, well you read this page and then you'll read the next page and then you'll read the next page. No, stop doing that. Um, it's not beneficial. It doesn't help mm. anyone. Um, so especially in a small group setting, like you need to have the children like reading all at the same time so that they can read at their own rate, you know, read as fluently as they read. Because if you're, if you have a small group where like one friend reads really slow, and you have another friend who's like Speedy Gonzalez over here. Yeah. That friend who reads really fast has already read the whole book and isn't listening to a thing that, that your right. slower reader has even said. Right. So if they're all reading at the same time, just at a lower tone, obviously, so they're not interrupting. And they have like those whisper phone things that you can get so they can they can read at the same time without interrupting others. Um, and that way you can spend time with individuals as they're reading, yeah. like wherever they are yeah. reading. And honestly, in high school, like, did we really need to do popcorn reading in a high school English class? Like, no, we could if have all read. If you were listening and you were a high school teacher please right don't. now, please don't do that. Like, like seriously, don't. Like, we I don't have want anybody to do that, but don't do still it. still about popcorn Sarah. Like, no, like, don't say my name. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, round robin reading, popcorn reading, whatever you want to call it. Stop. It's don't now. do it. So, I was sitting here while you were thinking that I was like, I'm the st- I'm an anxious person. So you got two anxious hosts in this episode <laughs> who deal with anxiety. Recipe but for um, I also was thinking about like I have a hard time focusing. I'm not diagnosed as ADD, ADHD, but I can self-proclaim that myself because <laughs> I know that. 
uh, self-diagnosis. And so that is a struggle sometimes when I go into classrooms and they're reading and then you got the groups over here doing this and the noise level, like I have a hard time focusing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how all these kids do that. So you made a good point. I was sitting here thinking about whisper phones. That's why I did the yeah. little motion like I'm you're reading my brain is like, but that's another part I think that is key is when they are reading that they're, that they're quiet. And then the one that's reading louder is the one that you're tuned into right. listening to making your notes, um, anecdotal notes and records and stuff there. So mm -hmm. just to help those kids. So yeah. good point. Stop the round robin reading. Please. Um, this one is easier said than done. Taking oh. things personal. Mm. God, about me? You know, maybe about you. <laughs> Stop overanalyzing things. That would be about <laughs> you. But um, so it happens all the time. Students. So again, this is student, teacher, teacher, student, mm -hmm. teacher to teacher, faculty members, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, kids' behaviors, if they act out in your class or if they um, talk back or whatever, you, you have to think beyond the fact, like, it's not you. They're not mm -hmm. being so difficult with you. Usually it stems from trauma or it may stem from um, things going on in the home, mm -hmm. um, things that the kid is already upset about. I know teaching middle school, like, a lot of times the kids, they uh, their boyfriend or girlfriend cheated on them or mm -hmm. somebody stole their best friend or something like mm -hmm. that so they're already heightened or something happened at recess and they're already mad about it and then you ask them to do something that um they don't want to do at that very moment or the way right. you said something to them you're just kind of the thing that you know made the pot bowl over right mm -hmm. so it's not end. don't take it personal because when we do that we get real defensive mm -hmm. and then we kind of lash back out at folks <laughs> I know no one listening to this Nobody's podcast has ever, ever done, done that. that. So I've never done that. <laughs> um, and the, and from a teacher perspective or an, an administrator to teacher type perspective, um, there's a coaching and versus kind of evaluating type thing there. And, mm -hmm. I, and I know if you're listening, if you've had different administrators, um, different folks that you've worked for, you may have worked for somebody like this that was more of a critic than a coach kind of deal. And so we all get kind of like, we, we do take things personally because of that. Mm -hmm. But I think all of us, most of us, want to get better at whatever that we're doing. So when someone offers you feedback um, or how you could improve in a certain area, like, or that maybe that particular lesson wasn't as strong in this area, mm -hmm. and they're just kind of giving you suggestions or they're pointing that out, don't take it personal. Like, right. they don't like me. You know, they're always riding my case or he, he always comes in on that day to observe, you know, when How things aren't he? going well, like he knew I was having a bad day and he purposely come in here to write me up. It's, it's 99.9%. I can't speak for all people, but mm -hmm. it's not like that. So start being coachable. Right. Everybody should be coachable that as a, somebody who's coached little league and coached middle school basketball, I was looking for kids who wanted to be coached, who mm -hmm. could not get enough of practicing, being told, hey, man, you got to stop doing this. Let's practice doing that, you know, mm -hmm. and they wanted to get better. And those are the ones that succeeded and got and got better at their craft. Mm -hmm. So and invite people then. for feedback. It's tough. It is tough. But I love the teachers who, from an administrative perspective, will email me and say, hey, I'm trying something new in class next week. Will you come in and give me feedback? Mm -hmm. Now, that takes trust. Right. So, so if somebody's struggling with trust issues, then they're probably not going to trust you. But hmm. 
invite your administrators in to give you feedback. Yeah. It definitely shows that you're willing to be coached and you want it. And you so, want to be better. Yeah. Teachers are lifelong learners anyway. So That's right. Might Should as well be. get some feedback on it. Right. Got it. Yeah. All right. So my next one is to stop solving student disagreements. This is a tough one because you want to step right in with whatever is going mm-hmm. on and just get rid of the situation. Be like, okay, well, you go over here, you go over here. Okay, done. Now I can move on. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we talk about a lot about teaching children social skills. Like, mm-hmm. how are they going to learn yes. to deal with disagreements if there's an adult constantly stepping in and, and solving it for them? Right. And that's not to say that there aren't situations where you need to step in and separate them and be like, take a breather. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there are many instances where, you know, if students are having a disagreement, they need to walk away before it escalates to something worse. Um, and for sure, you need to be like, a mediator be a facilitator for you know conversation but you know it's a process like they need to learn how to work things out right amongst each other yeah. without having an adult tell them okay now you say this mm-hmm. and you say this all right say you're sorry hug okay you're good bye oh, God, <laughs> say you're sorry Ooh. yeah because kids i mean if they've just had like some heated argument about whatever it is that's very important to them and, you know, a lot of times kids have arguments and adults are like, whatever, that's nothing. But to a kid, like, it's a big deal yeah. and you don't need to, like, belittle them for having those big feelings. Right. But, like, if they've just had this argument and you're like, tell them you're sorry, like, even if they say sorry, they don't mean it. Like, mm-hmm. not even a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're still going to be mad. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going to have more disagreements and they're not going to know what to do because they've just been told to say you're sorry and, and move forward. Yeah. And even the kid they say sorry to might be like, well, it's not okay. Like, now what? Like, you've said sorry, but I don't forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I think that's a learned behavior, you know, from, from home, having three kids at home that find themselves in arguments and so forth. I think we mm-hmm. want to, like, put an end to it. One, because yeah. we're frustrated. We've heard arguments all day long. Right, and so yeah. we go home and it's like, I don't <laughs> want to hear this. Like, stop it. You Done. know, go to your rooms kind of deal. <laughs> but um, they learn that, too, that, like, if somebody starts an argument or if it goes beyond a certain point that like you're going to kind of step in and, and tell so-and-so that they're wrong and go do this and, but they don't ever figure out how to work it out. And I think that's why we have so many adults who don't know how to work out conflict. Right. Um, because they've never had to do it. Somebody's always kind of stepped in and once that person who normally steps in is not around, what do I do? What do I do now? Good, good point right there. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> Did you say I know? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's cocky Sarah coming out right there. Yeah. So the Don't next one is, it's just a, this one is more geared toward from administrator to teacher, but like it irks my nerves to hear covering the standards. Hmm. Um, I heard someone say one time that we should say uncovering the standards, right? Which is kind of digging into it instead of saying covering. Hmm. But a lot of times that is kind of used as a reference of like, I have to cover the standards. So in other words, I've got all this I've got to do mm-hmm. and come hell or high water, I'm going to get through all of it. it. Whether they learned it or not, I'm moving on. Like we're just going through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it kind of speaks to the point there. I know there's not a whole lot we can do about it because we don't create the standards. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we have some input folks have input on it, but we have the standards and these are the things that we have to teach. But when we talk about it that way, it's it is kind of a surface level. Just go yeah. through it, and it's and here's the here's the biggest issue with that: that we look at covering the standards of what did we communicate to the students. If I talked about it, 
direct instruction, mm-hmm. right? If I said this to this to these kids, they should know it because I what covered it, covered. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's my issue with it is we should start talking more about what we taught or what the students have learned. Mm-hmm. And kind of unpacking the standards for those kids rather than just covering it. Just right. and it it's just kind of synonymous for going over it. Like mm-hmm. we just we just said Talking something about, about it, it, we talked about it, we moved on, on. But that's not what that's not what we do. That's tough too. It is. Because there are so many that you're expected to cover in a year and it's just it's tough. Yes. That's a tough one. It is. <laughs> it is. And I'm not saying that there's a a perfect solution to that, but I think probably more so than the speed of how we do it is just talking more about looking more about did we how do we teach it? Mm-hmm. Because again, I have the elementary and the middle school perspective. The middle school, a lot of times, folks lecture, sit and get. They sit and get, and just because you said it, just because you put it on a PowerPoint slide, a Google slide, mm-hmm. a, a Google. Um, document and showed it to the kids does not mean that there was any learning going on Mm -hmm. so it should be more about learning those standards rather than covering them yeah i like that good one all right this next one um actually all i mean all of these so far i'm guilty of um but this one i put to stop public shaming like stop publicly shaming your students um whether it's academically or behaviorally um especially with behaviorally, like there's, there's a time and a place to talk to a student about their behavior, but it's never like in front of the whole class when everyone's listening and Mm -hmm. loud enough for everyone to hear what you Mm -hmm. have to say. Like if you really need to address something with a specific student in that very moment and there's no other time, like you can go off in a corner or I've taken a child out in the hallway before to kind of just get on their level and, and speak to them calmly right and but I've also been that teacher who yelled across the room and told a kid what he was doing wrong and I keep saying he and I feel like that's really gender biased and I'm very sorry all the troublemakers I'm so sorry but it could you know it could be a girl too girls misbehave just as much but um they're just sneakier. They get yeah. They're sneaky while. about it. Boys are just like, wait. I'll just punch you in the you face. Do whatever. You, know, you get over here and start stealing my pencils. Right. So right. yeah, no, I've been that teacher who's like, you know tried to make a point. I guess like turned a student's misbehavior into like a teaching moment for the whole class, and that's not okay. That's mm. very damaging to a child's self esteem and their self image. It's just there's there's a time and a place to deal with behavior. And it's never in front of the whole class. <laughs> right. Don't you think we have um, a different perspective sometimes with on that when we think of like an adult, a teacher addressing a child's behavior, like they should be corrected, all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. if we if we went by the golden rule, right, treat people the way we want to be treated, how would mm-hmm. you like it if I called you out in front of a faculty in a faculty meeting to address the fact that you were four minutes late this morning and yeah, you've been no. late all week mm-hmm. and, or I wouldn't even like it if you like called me out for something good. So especially. <laughs> so, yeah. You want to sit there and just bad. kind of be an, an anonymous and Invisible. nobody even knows you're in the room. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like we would not want that. We want that handled. You know, I handle all personnel issues in my office or at the teacher's classroom or whatever, just mm-hmm. me and them, nobody else in there. Nobody else needs to know about that yeah. when we're addressing those things, and uh, it's, nobody else's it's confidential. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that some—I don't think that everybody sees that when it comes to students because right. they're kids and they need to be told. 
and some of us come from an older generation, Sarah, mm-hmm. where um, <laughs> where shaming was part of correcting behaviors. Yeah. Like, well, when you feel shame, and, and to a degree, I kind of understand that a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things I stopped doing if I was shamed for or felt shamed. Right. So there, you might be listening to the podcast and think that same thing. Well, you know, maybe that stops their behavior, but I think there's just so much more going on right now uh, with kids and they don't have that support to go along with that. Right. Mm -hmm. So they have these, the trauma or the social emotional issues or the mental health issues. And then we're here shaming them at school. Like that Mm -hmm. just, yeah. I mean, not to mention that, you know, youth suicide and, Depression and all that stuff mm-hmm. is up. So, very good point. Yeah, thanks. Um, all right, this is gonna step all over some friends I'm of mine, some some one. teacher friends who are, and hear me out. Like I'm not anti teacher paid teachers. I'm not anti any of that <laughs> stuff because I know that's gonna ruffle some feathers. But I say we have to stop doing cute over content, mm. right? I think that things can be cute, if you want to call them cute. They can be fun. Mm-hmm. They can be creative. They can be engaging. Um, all of that can happen and still cover content. Yeah. So what's frustrating sometimes is when you are in a classroom and the kids are loving whatever you're doing. And that's great. You always want to see kids smiling and involved and that kind of thing. But you look at what they're doing and you ask yourself the question, what are they learning? Right. Or you, you see missed opportunities like, God, you could do this. And then if you added this and this, that takes like it digs deeper into the content you're teaching mm-hmm. or it makes it more relevant. Uh, like you were talking about with the, um, economy system right kind of Mm -hmm. lining that up to that's the way the world real world works like i just see a lot of missed opportunities and i know it's because we have a lot to do Mm -hmm. we have a lot on our plate planning takes a long time now you got to differentiate everything you got to do these intervention groups like i get all that Mm -hmm. so what are we doing we're looking for the quick fix We're, we're going people are going on and they're doing the searches whether it's in teachers pay teachers or whatever site it might be and they're just typing in the standards. Oh, that looks cute. Print those things out. We're going to do that on Monday. Mm-hmm. Not taking the time necessarily to really look at the standards and look at what we're doing right. and, and balance out. You know, how much of this is just, that's just going to be a fun class. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to love this. You're just covering the standards. You are covering the standards. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so just analyze your standards make sure you know them evaluate resources for for validity so any website that you go to Mm -hmm. just look at it and see does this really align with what i'm trying to teach because the other thing that people will say a lot of times is um that we don't have enough time right right? because Mm -hmm. we've got so many standards to cover right so many standards standards to to cover cover. that we don't have enough time (laughs) well Yes, we we don't. You're you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. But so we definitely don't have time to waste a class period doing something that's cute but doesn't contain a whole lot of content. Right. Not a lot of thinking or you know. Sure. So yeah. I love coloring. Me but too. if that's all you're doing and you're coloring a a sheet or whatever, um what know. are we doing? I can't even think. <laughs> we can't even think but, of a good example. But yeah, but if you're just if that if you're doing that kind of level, that's very rudimentary. And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people probably aren't just coloring. But right. if you're doing that, that's not teaching a whole lot. Even if the thing that they're coloring is somewhat connected to the content you're mm-hmm. teaching. Sure, man. 
I can just hear the groans on the other end mm-hmm. of everyone who's going to be listening to well, this. Well, they're going to really like the next one they're that you draw out there because there are the some people one. that will stake their claim. I know, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. Are you scared? No, I'm not to say scared. This one? Look okay. at me. I'm not scared. Not I'm scared. looking forward to anyone who wants to have a conversation about this with me. Lay so it on if her. you're listening and you want to talk about this one, bring it on. Um, something to stop doing homework. <gasps> No. Say that again. Homework. Homework. Please, please stop. Now, hear me out. Like, especially on an early childhood side, like, you know, I've taught first grade for a really long time. Like, I I need my children to read mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Well, they're reading every day in my class. But if they're if they're reading at home and tying that in with family time, that's great. I want them to do that. I want mm-hmm. them to do things like mm-hmm. read at home. Um, I want them to have conversations about numbers. You know, I, I want them to write if they feel like writing. But you will not see me sending home a newsletter that says, read this book this day, do these 10 math problems, do this writing assignment, all for homework. Mm. Like, I can't, I can't handle it. Everybody's um, upset at me for the previous one just completely like I look like the star now <laughs> you do you're, you're the homework. favorite you're officially you're the favorite it's fine I'm I'm okay with the, the it holy grail. but homework. no no homework I I'm a firm believer that when when students go home that needs to be family time mm-hmm. that needs to be free time for them like to play do what they feel like doing because they've been in school for hours the whole day and now you want them to go home and and do it some more Mm -hmm. like no no but they have to be prepared sarah right yo no they have to be prepared well they can get prepared in your classroom Mm, those are strong words coming from (laughs) yeah such a small person yeah you know i'm i'm very i have a lot of really strong opinions about this one homework is a no and i this is coming from someone who sent a um a specific book home to every kid every night, a math worksheet every night, a journal that I expected to have some kind of writing in turned in at the end of every week, um, a spelling homework assignment every night. Like this is where that's coming from. Like mm-hmm. I was that person right. for like the first two years of teaching. And t- I got to the point and I was like, this is madness. Like yeah. this is crazy. I had parents who were saying like, we're spending hours on your homework assignments. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't do that. No, but... But at the same time, like, I want them, you know, like, I want you to read together. That's so important. Like, kids need to go home and they need to read. Whether they're reading by themselves in their bed or they're reading with their families. And I always tell parents, like, reading a, a bedtime story totally counts. That mm-hmm. can be your reading for the day as long mm-hmm. as you're doing something. And then math homework can be just, like, verbally discussing math problems or, like, helping cook dinner and, like, reading the recipes Spelling can, you know, spelling's going to come. Spelling, Spelling's a whole other thing. <laughs> I was like, don't bring that up here. This thing Gosh. might be cut off right now. Yeah. They, Click, stop. See, everybody, that that's, everybody hates me now, you know, whatever. So, hey, but they're not supposed to take things personal. No, you're not supposed you to know? take things personally. So, and, and remember, we did a If you are doing homework right now, do not don't take, take it, it personal. You're still a great teacher. You're still a great human being, and I still love you very much. Please don't hate me forever. Um, but the note, like, you know, we have our notes of like what we said. I put homework and then just, just no, just stop. Don't do it. If you're stressing children out for no reason. You're stressing their parents out for no reason. Think about these children who, who do extracurricular activities too. Like there's yeah. not enough time in the day to go to school all day, get dinner on the table, do all this homework, 
do extracurriculars, and then somehow find time to just be a family. Oh, yeah. There's there's not enough time. Homework has no place at home. Sorry. That message is not loud and clear to a lot of folks, so you can say <laughs> that for the people in the back. But, <laughs> um, but I completely 100% agree with everything that you said about homework. Um, and But I do know from this side, I'm, I've been amazed. Now, this is different in different communities, but I've been amazed here in this community um, and some of the other schools I've been in, too, where parents, if you go to stop homework, it's such an uh, entrenched idea mm-hmm. in educational systems for so many years that if you don't, I'll have parents contacting me saying, you know, we, that class never has any homework. It's almost like they judge you as a teacher and mm-hmm. how effective you are based on whether or not you sent homework. I know that's crazy because mm-hmm. there are the parents that are like, please stop with the homework yeah, because well, we can't get anything done and this is mm-hmm. taking hours and we're crying every night and all yes. that stuff. But there are the folks that are like, they never send anything home. I never send any work from that class. Mm-hmm. So to meet that, I, my thoughts were, you know, we need to provide parents early on in the school year with resources, with ideas, yes. with strategies mm-hmm. of those things that they can do around the house. Like you mentioned, reading the recipe cards. I used to play a game with my kids anytime they were in a car and we were going somewhere. We did like some just relevant um, fact fluency type stuff. Yeah. You know, like I would say things like, you know, everybody wants their own pizza tonight and there's five of us eating. So how many pizzas do we need? And right. I'm like, well, what if we get two more friends to come over and they want their own pizza? How many do we need? So it's just stuff like that, but not anything that was super stressful. And it was kind of done in transition and in just normal life. And that was nice. But then homework still lives on in in many areas. So we fight that struggle at home, too. Mm -hmm. And you start multiplying kids. It's um, It's it's maddening. It's just not necessary. I appreciate that point. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to tie a couple together here. So... Um, these are two that I, I have done before, not intentionally, um, but it's become a bigger, it's a, it's something that I wish I had not done when I, when I do it. Mm-hmm. And so I can put this on here that I think we need to stop doing it. First of all, avoid general terms, um, getting an email <laughs> that doesn't specifically clarify things. I have learned more and more that people think to the negative, right? Mm-hmm. So if I send an email, hey, you got a few minutes, stop by and talk to me oh during your planning, it's like panic city, like heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Like people what, are sweating. What did that, I do? Like you're going through yes. every little thing that you've ever done up until that point. You're like, is he not about this? Did I do this wrong? Did I forget to do this? What is happening? Why? Even if you have a history of never having really done that before, right? people still think there's always that there's always that possibility. And I've been in that before. A superintendent emailed me and wanted me to meet with him at 4 o'clock the next day. And I email back, do I need to bring anything? Mm-hmm. What do I need to be prepared for? And I get crickets. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't get a reply. So, of course, I went into that meeting thinking, I'm fired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm losing done. my job here. So, <laughs> that's kind of a note for administrators. You know, hey, be a little bit more clear. Give them some idea as to what you want to meet about or what you want to talk about so that they're not um, panicking. Be concise with that communication and, yes. and clear. And that doesn't mean long or lengthy responses. Some of those short emails like that, and if, you're not, if you haven't been on this side and seen just the massive amount of communications that goes on, the emails that just, 
you can clear 150 down to 50 and before you you go out of the in the building for two hours and mm-hmm. come back you're back to 100 mm-hmm. and so some of those short responses are just i have so many people to reply to mm-hmm. I, it's just short and sweet i got to get back to everybody right um but so we don't ha- it doesn't mean lengthy just be concise mm-hmm. hey can you talk with me about next year's possible your interest in next year's positions or whatever right. so that they have some idea that you're not calling them in to right. write them up kind of deal mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna hit my last one because it's kind of tied in here again avoiding conflicts um mm. I hate conflict yeah, with a passion. <laughs> and I hated it a lot when I first got into administration because uh, I didn't deal with a whole lot of conflicts in the classroom. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm in my own room kind of dealing with my kids. I don't really have conflicts with staff members. But right. when you um, are on this side, sometimes there's conflicts that go on between staff members. And mm-hmm. so you have to get involved or you're involved in, in things. But so basically, my notes here just said all situations that need to be handled usually involve conflict, right. um, some kind, and avoiding it doesn't make it go away. Mm-hmm. So we have to kind of stop avoiding conflict as such a, a terrible thing. Some things do need to be addressed, right. and um, good advice that I was given by um, Betty Bagley, who is on our school board here in Pickens County, but she was also a superintendent in Anderson 5 when I was there. And I would attend those meetings, and I don't know where she heard it or if she came up with it, but she would always say, you know, something very important, three questions. What did you know? When did you know it? And what did you do about it? So Mm -hmm. it's all about that urgency. Don't delay stuff and put it off because I don't really want to bring that up to her or him Mm -hmm. or say that. I don't want to have that conversation with this parent. On my end, sometimes, like, I don't want to call those two staff members in and sit down and talk about this issue. I just hope it'll go away. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. It's it just festers and it gets worse and worse. So if I know about it, I want to know what I know. I want to make sure I know as much as I can. And then I want to deal with it. And uh kind of goes to the worst thing you can do is just do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation. And it's the same thing with your kids um, in your classroom. If there's a conflict there that needs to be resolved, don't just assume that it's going to stop or go away. Mm-hmm. If you have a parent who is sending you those nasty emails because mm-hmm. they love you so much mm-hmm. um, and you're just like, I'm just not replying to that or I'm not responding or I'm not going to pick up the phone and call her because I'm sweating yeah. bullets over here. Mm-hmm. She just gets my blood boiling. Like just address it right. and do it in a professional way. Um, and nine times out of ten, things are going to get better. There right. are those times when things will get worse, but if you don't address it, it's going to get worse anyway. It's going to get worse and it's going to be there. It's never going to go away. Right. I'm going to add something to that about, you know, we're all grownups. If it's like a, an adult to an adult situation with conflict, I feel like if you, this one, man, I'm just not the favorite (laughs) of this episode. I'm loving it. So, So like if, if you have an issue with, with someone or something that they've said, something that they've done, you should you should go to that person mm-hmm. and, and you might not want to cause you know, it's, it's going to be conflict, but what, what is the worst possible thing you can do is to find someone else to talk to that issue right. about like that. Yes. That's the worst thing you can possibly do. And I'm totally guilty of doing that because I hate conflict. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to bring this up to this person because they're, they're going to be mad at me and 
you know, but if, if you don't address it with the person that you have an issue with, like that, it just creates tension and then tension is going to create more tension because if you're both, you know, have something going on between you, but you're discussing it with other people and now there's tension with those people that you have now brought into your conflict mm-hmm. <laughs> instead yeah. of dealing with it, you've roped other people yeah. into it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you yeah. have an issue with somebody, please go talk to the person adult. you have. Address it. Yeah. it. Get, it with, the person that, with the person that needs to be brought up with and right. not everybody else. Because right. that, that will destroy a faculty mm-hmm. um, as well because that stuff just breeds toxic yes. uh, vibes and it's just the culture is not good and People don't trust anybody because everybody knows your business and they're, um, they know people talk about, mm-hmm. uh, talk about them. So yeah. just nothing so, positive from that. Right. All right. So I have one more. Um, and this one might make people <laughs> like me again. Okay. But uh, I said. You said the best for last, didn't you? You're like, I'm going to say all this stuff. They don't stomp on their toes. <laughs> and then I'm going to give them something they're, so they're sweet. They're all listening. The all, like all the people who like know me as a teacher, they're all listening. Like, well, she does that. She does that. She does that. <laughs> like, yeah, I have done that. I said that. But if you have a conflict, do you have an issue with me? Come talk to me Bring about it. it. Um, so the last one I said, we should stop. Um, feeling guilty like um, and this goes along with our first two episodes like it, mm-hmm. it's okay to take care of yourself and um, some really awesome advice that I've gotten from um, Ginger Kiever actually um, when she's telling me to, to leave earlier <laughs> instead of staying later she's like you know what like it's it's always gonna be there like you're, you're never gonna get done and if if you're staying to all hours of the night working on things then you're just taking away the time that you have for yourself. And more importantly, you're taking away the time that you have with your family just for you to come back the next day for all of it to still be there and to have a longer to-do list. Like it's, it's teachers, like we're never done. Like we're never going to get done. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, you know, that's a sad thing to say out loud, but you know, it's, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to leave at the end of your contract time and go home Mm -hmm. and you don't have to take anything home with you. I know you want to, this is coming from a girl who would get here at 6 AM every single day and leave at 5 PM every single day. And then I would take stuff home with me and take stuff home with me on Mm -hmm. the weekends. I don't do that anymore. If I, if I don't get it done here, it does not go home with me. I do not take it home with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have school email on my phone. I don't take work home over the weekends. If I don't get it done, then I just don't get it done and I'll Mm -hmm. find another time to get it done. Um, so you don't, you know, you don't have to work yourself to death. You don't have to work all the time, um, to be awesome at your job. Like you don't have to constantly be in teacher mode to be a great teacher Mm -hmm. or you don't have to, you know, do all of the principal things all hours of every day to be a great principal either. Yeah. People can't see this because it's a podcast, but there was definitely a lot of facial expressions mm-hmm. um and glares aimed at me um there so I, I obviously i am very guilty of that very much a person who wants to be a lot of it is with communications or deadlines like i want to be responsive i want to be timely get right. you what you need um i feel like this is a huge part of my job so i have a hard time walking out when i haven't gotten back to somebody or right. having a hard time walking away when i feel like this isn't done and it kind of goes back to feeling like people are going to judge you. Like, mm-hmm. God, he hadn't replied back to my email or he never said anything to this or he didn't tell me whether I could do that or not. 
Um, so that that's a huge piece of it. But how long have we been recording? Because I don't want to go too much longer. But I have one thing to add to that. Um, not, not so we're not on an, we're not on an hour and a half episode no. here like we did last time. Because I know people probably didn't listen to that whole one because no, it was too didn't. long. They so we, we promised to keep these shorter. But I, I will say this, and I was guilty of this in the beginning of judging people because I would be so frustrated at the fact that I was there let's say when I taught middle school and I was out, you know, school ended at three fifteen, mm-hmm. And so I'm there and I'm watching people walk out at three forty-five, mm-hmm. and the parking lot starts emptying. And I'm like, how, mm-hmm. how in the world are you getting your job done? Not above and beyond, but just getting your job done and walking mm-hmm. out at that time. And I would begin to see certain folks as they're just, kind of giving it 50%, 60%. Like these folks are just not dedicated. They're a walk out as soon as I can walk out kind of person. But what I've learned over time, and you start to see it more, I guess probably from administrative side of things, is there are people who get here early mm-hmm. and leave at a normal time. Mm-hmm. There are people who roll in here or right before I got to have kids coming in my room mm-hmm. and they will you know, they will stay a little longer. And then there are people who get here when they're supposed to and they leave when they can. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean it's not an equivalent to effectiveness. Right. Exactly. Some people are, are not as organized or take longer to process things or spend time talking mm-hmm. and not working mm-hmm. as as diligently as they should. So that's the reason why they're here so long. Right. And they may not be as effective as a teacher who's just really organized, really structured, got their checklist, just clicking through things. I want to get this done and I want to go home and spend Mm -hmm. that time with my family. So don't be quick to judge people based on how long their car is in the parking Mm -hmm. lot. So that's a a realization um, for myself. And I know that same thing too. Like I felt like maybe it's that pastor kind of thing. Like you you think the pastor is going to be the last one to leave the church, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody else is going to So I kind of feel like, I can't leave when I can leave when there's 10 teachers' cars still in the parking lot because I'll look like the slight principal. Well, look at him. Mm. You know why I know that there's some people that probably do that? Because I did it too Mm, as a teacher. When I would see administrators roll out at four Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in there slaving away, I'm like, must be nice to make more money than me and leave before Mm. I do. (laughs) It came out of my mouth. So. Those are all really, really good points of things to not, to stop doing. Stop doing. And uh, I know some of those are easier than others mm-hmm. uh, to do, but I think they're all valid points. And again, you don't have to agree with us. Not at all. Um, and it also comes from a place of love. Please remember, I think I've said that absolutely. three times now. Like, it's okay. If you do these things and you don't want to stop them, that's fine. Right. You're not any less. And we know this, too, that there's teachers listening. There may be administrators listening that you have your own list of things to stop doing. Absolutely. And there's things probably probably that they're writing down lists. I can't wait to talk to them. Stop talking about (laughs) self-care. That's probably the number one on their list. Like, we don't want to hear anymore. Um, But everybody has their list, and we might be guilty of those things that you have on your list to stop doing. More than likely. We're not. Nobody's here is perfect and trying to act like we're experts. But those are just some thoughts, Yeah. hopefully, that um, were useful. Just something to think about. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us for another episode of That'll Teach. If you let it.